reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Doing the Favor Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's a sexual intellectual, the hus- leader of the Husky Army, the Husky Heartthrob, the Tennis Deer Volunteer, the Portsmouth Trojan, the New York Giant, not a Wisconsin Badger, but no. instead, yeah, he's a Tennessee fan, but living in Wisconsin, my man. Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing good, brother. Excited. Uh, a lot of feedback on the show last week. A lot of interest draw, uh, drawn in from your legendary career that's still going on. Yeah. Um, I didn't know people was going to be into like my baseball slash softball stories because I have so fucking many Like, because I've literally been on a team every year since I was seven years old. That's every right. summer and you know when i'm you know about to be 41 years old when you're on that many teams it's not like you know some of them teams were in portsmouth some of them teams were makeshift teams in kentucky uh played in good league in new philly uh softball teams you know how that can be you end up on random teams sometimes so yeah i and my dad was my coach growing up so i have a lot of stories from that a lot of stories from that so, yeah, but I actually had a softball game tonight. So, that, tonight was our uh, first game of the season, my age 41 season. Uh, Barry, I sent you the lineup, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Uh, bat leadoff, play left center, which you know in softball there's four outfielders. The left center is basically your center fielder. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we played a team tonight. I don't know what their team name was. I never know what team we're playing. I don't care what team it we're playing. It doesn't matter. It I matter. literally could care less. Well, in fact, before the game, it was a new team to the league, and Curtis, you know, we talked about Curtis last week, Fuck pulled Curtis. me aside and told me not to test the left fielder. Oh. So the left fielder's young, he has wheels and a good arm. I said, how'd you find this out, Curtis? They're, they're new to the league. Is all I know. I know their coach. I said, well, did you tell the coach about me? And he just kind of laughed. So I proceeded to go three for four, uh, all three hits. Well, two of the hits were to the left fielder because he was playing with his heels on the fence every time I came up. He could tell. Really- he could tell athlete. So, um, well, it was funny because the first at-bat of the season, you know, you start off with a 1-1 count. Yep. And they threw me two balls high and outside that I had no chance of hitting. So that tells me right there, they're pitching around me already. So the next hit, the the next pitch, 3-1 comes in. It's about a foot off the plate in the left-hander's batter's box. I just reached over and poked it to right field. I don't fucking come here to take walks. You know what I mean? I just That's not my style. So I, I, I just slapped it to the right field, take my single. I uh, hit two other singles. One could have been a double if the kid wasn't playing so deep, the all-star left fielder. But I hit uh, two ropes his way that fell in for singles and my last at bat well i'll tell you what the third at bat i hit a single we had runners on first and second guy on second didn't score 
He just stationed to stationed it. Cost no me my hustle. Cost me my RBI. Went Who was little, it? Who was I, it? I don't want to say a name. Remember the pitcher that got drilled in the chest? That guy? It was him. You fucking come on. So my last at bat, uh, third baseman, even with the bag, I, I tattoo one right to his face. He gets his glove up, uh, catches it in self-defense, falls on his ass. <laughs> you know, he looked at me, said, nice hit. I said, no shit. I mean, what'd you expect? I barreled up the ball. Uh, George asked me, my buddy, buddy George, he plays third base, great third base, and a cleanup hitter, kind of the home run hitter. He's a big guy. Actually brought me some Baker Mayfield cards this evening. Okay. So I appreciate that. But he uh, he asked me after the game, when we were having beers for fellowship in the parking lot, is what Curtis calls them, how do you come out here and just barrel up balls without hitting all offseason? And I was just like, well, I mean, I don't want to sound like an arrogant asshole here, but the answer is easy. Talent. That's right. Fucking talent. You know, so it's it's not God given, it's acquired. It's, it's through blood, sweat, and tears. Sweat equity was put into this talent. Uh I've developed a level of muscle memory that those only hope to achieve when they tie their shoes. Absolutely. I, I have that when I swing a bat. So it's you know I was a little disappointed with three for four. Starting the season at 750. You know, um, I feel like I there was some extra bases out there I could have got. A lot of times I had a runner in front of me. On the second and third at bat, I had a runner in front of me on first. You know, with the, with the thick outfield grass, the ball dies. I'm looking to leg out a double. And then I, I look up as I take the hard turn around first, and I got somebody standing there with their hands on their hips on second base. What am I going to do? Two-ton Tilly sitting there out of gas. Uh, the team we played tonight was absolute trash. They, uh, okay. They, their, their shortstop and their third baseman probably had four or five errors apiece. Oh. Uh, I knew that when the shortstop had a fisherman's hat on, <laughs> I, I, I knew that he was trash. Right. He was, their, he was their drink. He, he was, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, he was he trash. So, yeah, I, and I caught, a. Caught two balls in the outfield. I, I ran over and caught one right in front of Doug. Doug was getting a workout this evening. He was. Doug's out there 42 years old playing left field. First off, Doug listens. Shout out, Doug. You're right. Defer Doug. Shout out, Doug, by the way. Um, Almost Doug's killed you. Big three hole. But I saw he was over there winded, so I went over and took a couple balls for him. Now, how Doug do tonight? Doug actually drove me in. I scored three runs, of course. Okay. He, uh, he drove me in, I believe, the first two runs I scored. He was hitting the three-hole. So he he's an RBI man. He He's in that spot. With you know? with, with with you out there, he's he's an RBI man. We know when we see the lineup what's going to happen. Right. I'm going to be in scoring position when Doug comes up. That's just, that's a given. So That's the way shit goes out there. Eventually, they may have to drop me in a lineup a little bit for RBI opportunities because everyone else on the team behind me just wants to hit pop-up fly balls. I'm out there hitting ropes. They they might run like maze, but hit like shit's what you're telling uh, me. They don't even run like maze, dog. They run like McCovey. <laughs> My gosh. But like Pop Stargell out there. Yeah. We're, we're a little old. We're a little <laughs> long in the tooth. Uh, I, I can tell you with all certainty, I have regressed none. Uh, age 41 season. Um, thought they were going to piss test me after the game. 
Right. Absolutely. Which, you know, I'll do, you know, I'll do. I'm not going to test positive for steroids. Right. You're not. I don't, a gonna, I don't know what else is going to come up in that drug test, but I can tell you. I can tell <laughs> it ain't going to be steroids. <laughs> ain't going to be no performance enhancers, dog. Might be that fucking herbal fucking tea. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, it was it was good. I I I watched one of the other games as it was. We wrapped up. Uh, we actually won eleven to nine, by the way. So we jumped out. We scored seven runs in the first inning, and we were playing solid defense. And Doug looked at me jogging on the field, like, "Man, our defense is tight tonight." I said, well, thank you for fucking us, because now it's about to go to shit. Right. And everybody started, everybody started kicking the ball around. Not me. Fuck it. Right. I, didn't have, right. I didn't have the opportunities. You're I a... I can now play you've, been, you've been in this league how long? Uh, 2008, I think you said, nine? Uh, right around there, yeah. So, I mean, you're a 13-time Gold Glove winner. Right. You know, multiple... Batting champion, Gold Glove winner, Triple Crown. Yeah. And they... And so the respect, the reputation's all out there. Yeah. You know, and the and these youngsters obviously knew. You know, like you said, you step up first bat of the season, first A B of the season, and you know, they're trying to go high and outside. I didn't appreciate them pitching around me. Uh, a lot of people approach that as respect. I treated as I paid my thirty dollars just like you did. I only took four swings tonight, Barry. No foul balls, no swings and misses, no, no nothing like that. It's just barrel the thing four times. That's what I did. Consistency. I mean, it's been a consistent theme throughout my entire life. Of right, just your being entire able career. Ball, being yeah. able to barrel the ball. So they, they, they knew. You know, they, they knew. But the team, you know, I will say our team is very uh, – we have a lot of good guys, a lot of friendly guys, a lot of nice guys. Um. That don't win ball games. I'm a little concerned about that. A little concerned about that. You know, we right. were up, uh, we were up, uh, I believe, nine to one, and that the other team scored uh, seven runs in an inning. So I had to get everybody, uh, you know, I had to call everybody together. Pep right? talk. Yeah. So we come off the field on defense, and they were all picking up their chins. I said, "Hey, they, they still have to pitch to me." Right. You understand that, right? Like, you understand they have got to throw the ball to me. If they put it across the plate, it's going to be problems. So don't worry about, listen, what you're hanging your head about, about the present, be happy about what's coming in the future. Absolutely. What a so. motivational speaker as well. To uplift your team after terrible defense, you know, and Doug jinxing them. Doug, you're better than that. He Next does. time it happens, just keep it down. Yeah. Uh, we did get our jerseys, by the okay. way. Okay. So remember last week there was the navy navy blue controversy with the jerseys. Yep. Dude sent us the picture. They were navy blue. So today me and George went and got new socks and shit. You know, look good, feel good, play good, fuck good, eat good, live good. All the all the whole story. The whole story. We get there. He tells us, oh yeah, my bad. People that have an iPhone, the picture looked blue. They're actually black. This fuck. It fucking Curtis. It wasn't Curtis. Ooh, it was wow. Anthony, Andrew, I'm not okay. too mad because the jerseys only okay. cost us. The jerseys were thirty a piece, but they only cost us ten because we got a sponsor. It turns out his wife runs a dance academy. Nice, something nice. something dance academy on the back of the jerseys. No numbers. Couldn't afford the numbers. I guess not. But you were going to be number twenty-five. That's right. As well, unless Curtis got there, then I would have been five squared. I'm the only guy in the, in the league that's been a squared. You know, the little two by the number. Right. I, I roll with that. So 
Okay. But yeah, I let them know. You know, so it was it was a good year. It reminded me of a lot of a lot of good pastimes growing up playing the game. You know what I mean? Get out there. I mean, you get on the field, it's just like a, a hand going to a glove that fits. That's me showing up to the ball field. Now, you know, and this is the first game of the season. Uh, what would you rate the the team uh, performance tonight? Out of ten, I would say uh, I have high expectations, but my problem is I expect others to be like me. I would say a six. Okay. Defense was sloppy. Uh, getting underneath the ball. Their first off, their defense was trash. So why would you bail them out by hitting the ball in the air? Hit it on the ground. Let them make errors. Yeah. I mean, they got a guy in a fisherman hat with a fucking hook on it. Playing shortstop. Terrible. So. Uh, uh, you know, leading into that, and I just, I don't know if, you know, we're going to talk about it right now if you want to. Um, we actually had confirmation and kind of the backstory to one of our legendary members, uh, Big Dennis. Uh, you know, we've had a couple stories here. People were, you know, curious about, you know, the backstory and what actually happened. Right. You, uh, you called dad, you text dad, and, uh, what happened? So the little backstory is um, when I was eight, my dad coached a 13, 14 year old baseball team. Many stories have come from this baseball team. Many. But one of my favorite is we were playing a team in Amsterdam, Ohio, a little small town close to Carrollton, Ohio. If you guys are familiar with Ohio at all. Rinky dink, small town. So we go up there and play them. I'm the bat boy. You know, my buddy's with me. He's the bat boy. We got our jerseys on, whatever, whatever. And then I remember we won the game, and Dad said, we got to get in the car and go. <laughs> okay. So we all pile in the car, and as Dad is pulling away from the ball field, I'll never forget, you're leaving on one of those old gravel roads, you know what I mean, that we go into a ball field. Their coach is running beside the car, punching the car, wanting to fight my dad, while my dad is smoking a menthol cigarette driving the car, laughing his ass off. All these years, I wondered what happened. What led to these events, Dad? So he finally told me. He tells me, he said, well, and I showed you the tweets, the the, the messages. The text, yeah. The text. He he said, well, you know, the coach's name was was such and such. Leave it it blank, yeah. And uh, he, uh, he said that, you know, we beat them, and he was mad, but then he thought that I called one of their players an asshole. I was well, did you? No, no. Whatever. So I you know, let it sit. And then he texts me back, says, well, that's not the whole story. I said, well, what's, what's, what's the whole story, Dennis? He said that years prior to this, him and said coach uh, ran at each other at a bar. At a, drink, a drinking facility. A, a, a saloon-type <clears throat> place. And they engaged in fisticuffs, to which Dennis tells me, you saw the message. Well, I seen it. I got the better of him that night, but not by much. Yeah. Said he was so, an old hillbilly. There was an old drunken fight story behind this baseball <laughs> game. So that that team provided us many, many, many stories. Uh, there was one time we played in a tournament, I believe. I was bat boy, of course. Dad was coaching. And we had this kid named Travis playing center field. Travis was a decent player, whatever. And anyway, a ball was hit to the fence. Travis goes running full speed and basically smashed his face into the fence and got his braces 
caught in the fence. Oh, fuck. To which dad runs out there, and all I heard was, Eric, pliers. I don't know what's going on. I'm on the bench. I see him looking at this dude, and all of a sudden I hear pliers. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what this situation happening. Why is it calling for pliers? I run out there and watch my dad take the braces out of the fence for this dude. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. I, I'm, I remember a kid getting punched picked in up the a, mouth. Picked up, picked up a kid from his, for a game one time, and he was in the yard fighting his dad. Okay. Dad was drunk, yeah. fighting his dad, getting the better of him, too. Getting scrappy. Getting but, scrappy. And he, uh, his, uh, his, the kid's nickname was, uh, was Gooner. Oh, okay. But every time it, it's still funny because I still, my dad still calls me this this day. That any kind of an injury, Gunnar for some reason named injuries after himself. So if you fell and got a scrape on your elbow, that's a Gunnar. Oh, okay. you got you a Gunnar, huh? Smoking cigarettes at 14 years old. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like just. <laughs> so so I'll t- I'll tell this story here. This is a softball story. I, and now this is a. Portsmouth softball league store when the shit was, uh, they were competitive. Still like recreational these, drug use in the dugout though. The, all that stuff. Okay. Um, the great, now I know professional fighters, all this shit, the greatest right hand I have ever seen landed. I was 12 years old, Portsmouth softball field, Dwayne Wells. I don't know if you know Dwayne. Uh, you know Coach Tippin? Yes. Coach Shawnee State. Ask him, who, don't just say, who's the greatest right-handed hitter you've ever coached? And he will say Dwayne Wells without hesitation. Uh, Dwayne and his teammate. This guy is his teammate, nicknamed Speedy. That's all I'm going to say. Um, was he fast it, or was it his lifestyle? He was fast. He was... Short guy, you know, short, speedy, fast guy. I know. Uh, is it is it the boxer, Speedy? He from the West Side. That's almost say. I we're ta- I know who you're talking about. Okay. Um, Dwayne is about. Six By the way, four. Speedy one time raced me in the street on Sixth Street, bet me money that he would beat me barefoot. He okay. would be barefoot. I would have shoes. I took the bet, and he won. Okay. Okay. Now he was loaded on pain pills. I'm sure. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, I had. About... I didn't stand a chance in this in this foot race. By the way, <laughs> not a chance. Okay. But anyways, uh, Speedy's mom is Dwayne's boss. Okay. She is at the game. They are teammates. They are walking off the field. Dwayne is six four six five three twenty. Uh. They push each other, blah, blah. The only punch that I can compare this to is Mike Tyson upper, uh, getting uppercutted by Buster Douglas, where his head snapped up like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, except this is an overhand right, and Speedy's knees went, fuck it. And he dropped to his knees, and his head is still spinning. I mean, it sounded like a fucking shotgun. And he, he he looks up, and I can't believe he's not knocked out. Uh, to this day, I remember fucking blah, blah, blah. But he's like, shakes his head, gets up. Dwayne hits him again. He goes down. He gets back up. So he's on something, obviously. Runs. Dwayne's chasing him. 
stops, gets hit again, drops, and this goes on for about five minutes. And the mom finally breaks him up and then fires Dwayne right there on the field. He lost his job. Because <laughs> it was, but I'm, I know shit, the, the greatest right hand I've ever fucking seen. You, I mean, down there in Portsmouth, dude, you witnessed some like incredibly violent fights. It was unbelievable. That was, I mean, I, be, I believe it. I've played in Portsmouth. I saw a brawl at a baseball game one time, a softball game. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, yeah, a softball game because our dude, Crashed at home, crashed the catcher at home plate. Oh, well, yeah, it'll start up. And that was, and I was one of the things like I was in like pull apart mode because like our guy was clearly in the wrong, and he's an idiot. It was an idiot, one of those dudes anyway. And he was, you know, I I could go on and on and on about men's league stories down in Portsmouth about you know playing second base and the shortstop doesn't have his fucking blues that day. So you got to right. switch position. You got to switch position so he because he can't make the fucking throw because he's withdrawn. Yep. I mean that was normal, normal, normal fucking behavior down there. So it's yeah we can get into that a lot. I have a softball. I believe I have a softball game next Wednesday. I'm not sure what time. I'm not sure. It, who, it doesn't I, matter. I, You're gonna kill it. You're gonna. Yeah. You know, show up. Be great. I know. I always get annoyed like whenever like I'm out there in the field and somebody in the infield goes. Went your way last time. Like, well, he probably won't again. Like, so? Right. See ball, go get ball. Don't tell me what he did last time. I don't care. <laughs> right, he's going to stay away from you, obviously. I can tell when a guy swings, as soon as he starts to swing, if he's going to pull a ball or not. With the pitch location, when he's going to start to swing. It's just, it's instincts. These guys don't have it. So, it is what it is. But 1-0, we won 11-9 tonight. And I'm super fucking stoked uh, to hear about next week's story. I tried to deliver. But but let's move on. Okay. Because, you know, you love baseball. One of your other loves is the Cleveland Browns. Yes. And uh, had a huge signing today or yesterday for that uh, Cleveland defensive line. Tell us about it. So the Browns last year... Flirted with Jadavion Clowney. Was brought in, took a couple visits, all that good stuff. Ended up not working out. I believe they offered him like a three-year deal, $45 million, something like that. Goes to Tennessee on a one-year deal. Has some injuries, doesn't quite work out. Takes two visits to Cleveland. And just, listen, Barry. The thought of Jadavion Clowney being opposite Miles Garrett. With Tack McKinley in the rotation. With Malik Jackson on that line. With possibly Sheldon Richardson. Could be a cap casualty. One year, $10 million prove-it deal for Jadavion Clowney. The Browns have marketably improved their defense from last year to this year. They are a legit contender in the AFC now. They have stability in the front office. They have stability in the coaching staff. They have stability on the offensive side of the ball, and now they're looking to build that on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know what offenses are going to do if, if, and this is an if. I know that I know this an if. If Clowney can stay healthy, this is a great roll of the dice for the Browns. Yeah, because if this doesn't work out, you already got Tack McKinley. 
You know what I mean? They got to draft linebackers. They they addressed the back half, right? With Grant Delpit coming back, Greedy Williams coming back, adding to John Johnson, adding to Troy Hill. You know what I mean? You got Denzel Ward, he's a Pro Bowl level corner. Ronnie Harrison was a was a first round draft pick. You potentially have now four first round draft picks on the defensive line. For a team that's only Achilles last year was the defensive side of the ball. They were a, a defensive stop away from going to the AFC championship game and knocking off the Chiefs. So, yeah, there were things that happened in that game that led up to that. But guess what? That's football. They were presented with an opportunity they couldn't capitalize on it because of their defense. This is a very exciting time to be a Browns fan. It's a very exciting time to – be in the offseason as a Browns fan. Uh, I, I look across the league. The only team I think that possibly did better in free agency was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who basically brought back a Super Bowl team. Right. Other than that, the Browns, they moved in silence in the offseason too, by the way. It wasn't these big – I mean, they could have broke the bank for J.J. Watt. They took that – you know, J.J. got 15. They took that 15, spent 14 of it, Turned that into Jadavion Clowney and Tack McKinley on one-year deals. It's, I mean, when you have Ivy League guys in your front office, these kinds of things happen. These are not your same old Browns. These are not the mean worthy Browns they have been before. They're the team that, well, we went in 11 times last year and pushed in people's shit. Tennessee, Dallas, teams that, you know, were fan bases that expected to beat the Browns. Yep. And we beat them handedly without the presence that we have on defense going into next year. So this is, of all my years being a Browns fan, I have never been more excited than what I am now. The fact that, you know, we, Baker Mayfield's been there for three years. Happy birthday, Baker Mayfield, by the way. Been there for three years. Came to an, a team that went 1-31 the previous two years he got there. And now, just led them to their first playoff berth since 2002 and the first playoff win since 94 after his third season in the league. So it's, it, this is incredible. You know, of all the, all the ro rookie quarter, all the quarterbacks taken in the top five, I believe going back to like 2016, Baker Mayfield's the only one still with his team. I've seen that. Yeah. And, and you can talk about the dysfunction of the Cleveland Browns. And I won't argue with you all those years, but Listen, those Browns walked so these Browns could run. And this is not – James Brown Clowney didn't come to the Browns last year because he wanted to play for a winner. He signed with the Browns this offseason because he wanted to play for a winner. John Johnson signed with the Browns because he wanted to play for a winner. Malik Jackson signed with the Browns because he wanted to play for a winner. And the window right now, the time is now for the Browns because they got Baker Mayfield on that rookie deal. They got Nick Chubb on that rookie deal. You know, those guys are going to have to get paid eventually. Yep. But right now, when you can sink those assets, you would normally be paying those two here in the next two, three years, put that in the defensive side of the ball and get guys like Jadavion Clowney on one-year deals, you're, you're, you're on to something, man. You really are. And, I mean, obviously in the NFL, it's always pending on health, right? If they can stay healthy, this has a chance to be – this is one of the most exciting teams in the NFL right now going into the next year. And people can question Baker Mayfield all they want. He executed the game plan last year. He had a, a jump from year two to year three that was massive. If he can continue to progress 
into year four, you're looking at a you're looking at the, you're looking at a thirteen possibly thirteen win football team next year that wins the AFC North and possibly has a bye going to the playoffs. You're in a division with Baltimore. Great football team. Didn't do a lot to upgrade this offseason. We'll see what they do in the draft. They need receivers. Still have questions about Lamar as a quarterback, right? But he is obviously playing really well against the Browns. I think the Steelers are garbage. I think they're the worst team in the division. They have not done anything to improve. In fact, their last six games of the season last year is what they are. That 11-0 was fake. I think we all know that now. The Cincinnati Bengals, they're kind of the wild card in the division, right? Like, now what's Burrow going to do? They bring in a receiver. How are they going to draft? You know, we know can they keep him healthy? Are they going to go offensive line? Are they going to add another receiver? Is Jamar Chase going to be in the plans for them or Penny Sewell? We don't know. We will see. But the Browns right now are one of the most stable organizations in the AFC a team on the rise, a team that is young. They are one of the best coached, best ran organizations in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, to me, I was on the Baker train long ago. You know, I, I've always have been. Just love the way he competes. He takes shit personal, which is good and bad. He makes some fucking bonehead throws sometimes. And like you said, he made such a big leap this year, like where from the first year he was like, you're like, man, he's pretty good. He's He played well. He was playing on talent. Yeah. Second year, it was like, yeah, sophomore, sophomore slump, fucking whatever. And then last year, I think you kind of seen it. He still has some of those instincts where he fucking, you know, is going to make one of those throws. But then... Like you said, next year, I thought he read defenses a lot, a hell of a lot better last year. I I think not so much was put on him. Getting to and a second I, or third read, particularly off play action, was fantastic. And I think it was, and I'm just saying, Kareem Hunt. I'm a big Kareem Hunt fan. And when you got him and Nick Chubb in the backfield, that takes a shit ton off of your mind where you go, okay, I got a guy – I can hand the ball off to and trust that he's not going to fumble or I got a guy I can fucking hit on a screen or a little short five, five yard out. That's going to fucking keep me from getting my shit rocked. Joe Burrow did not have that this year and got fucking annihilated. Mm-hmm. So Baker's kind of already been through those bumps and bruises. I'm anxious to see how him and Odell click Jarvis Landry, to me, is the fucking glue of that team. Yes. He keeps everything going. And I think his relationship with Odell could be the fucking, that in between, that go between to where Odell's ego doesn't get fucking crazy. And he, and, you know, he kind of checks it in to be a winner. You know what's crazy, though? I know you had your experience with Odell and the Giants. Yep. We've never heard anything other than Odell being a model teammate and citizen his entire time in Cleveland. Yep. He's also been the most hypothetically traded player I've ever seen play for a Cleveland organization. I mean, every week it's a new team, a new rumor. You know what I mean? To me, he's been – listen, the guys on the Browns, his teammates and coaches, they rave about the dude. And I I honestly – It's a a thing where you got to manage – your expectations for him because he's so talented that yep. the tendency I think was to 
forced the ball to him when Baker kind of got tunnel vision to him. It's where you said, you know, getting getting involved early. Yep. You know, we saw in the Dallas game what Odell can be. Now he's coming off an ACL, but this team has high expectations. So it's not a thing where like Odell's first year with the Browns, I feel like the expectations weren't where they are now. They were still high, but he thought he had to show out to take them to the next level. I don't think he comes in with that mindset now because of what they did when he was out and the talent they've added. I'll say this is to me, this, this coming season, this on paper is the best team he will ever have played for. Yeah. Like he was the most for the giants. He was the most talented guy, but we never had the defense. You know what I mean? We had certain guys, we had decent players. We had Landon Collins, guys like that. But we didn't have anybody around him. You had one or two defensive players that were fucking studs, but nothing else. Right. You had Eli. He didn't – I don't even know if he got to play with Saquon. I'm trying to think. Maybe one year, but he got hurt. And so it's – He played with Saquon one year. Maybe Saquon's – yeah. Saquon was in the Baker draft. Baker came to the Browns – or Odell came to the Browns, Baker's second season. Yeah. So, I mean – and he got hurt that – so, I mean – it was like, eh, he didn't really get to play with him. So, to me, on paper, this is crazy. And you got, like I said, you got guys like Miles Garrett. You got Jadavion Clowney. You have those leaders on defense. And you have, like, I'm guessing his best friend probably in the league, Jarvis Landry. Well, uh, as, best friend in life. Yeah, as ego checkers. Like, look, bro, you guys set those, you know, check that shit at the fucking door. We're trying to win. You know what I mean? And I think that is a huge, huge piece because Odell, like you said, has has kind of checked it in where he knows he's fucking talented. Like the Giants shit, he had to show out. He had to ball to kind of get his name out there. And it's like, dude, people know who the fuck you are now. You don't have to do that. And one of the coolest things I've seen was when that, I think it was a lady, was driving her car in Cleveland. And it had a fucking, like, a sign for him or something in the car, and he signed her fucking license plate in traffic. Mm-hmm. He, like, got out of his fucking yeah, car and he's, uh, There's social media, like, got people, like, brown stands. You have a social yeah. media presence. He sent them signed jerseys and shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, by all accounts, and he's holding football camps in Strongsville this week, which is a town outside of Cleveland, probably where he lives, is where all the athletes live. Um, He's been a model citizen, dude. I mean, we haven't heard any of the ego stuff. Nope. I don't have a problem with a dude who pouts if we lose. I really right. don't. Right. I really don't. Baker doesn't handle losses well. Uh, you saw Cam Newton get criticized for that for years. You know yeah. what I mean? But it, to me, like, this, it's a competitive game, man. It's really fucking hard to win in the NFL. And I have been to the lowest of the lows with the Browns. Yeah. And the fact that, like, we are where we are now, man, and, like, the the, the wild ride they gave us last year – that stadium is going to fucking explode next year. If they go full capacity, yeah, and I will be there, fully vaccinated, ready to go. Ready and to fucking roar. Ready to roll, man. <laughs> I'm going to pregame with the Vansal Estate. It's going to be fucking beautiful. But, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for this team. They've definitely filled a lot of the holes they had. Jadavion Clowney was a cherry on top. If he's able to stay healthy, say Jadavion gives us 10 sacks. On top of Miles's, a full healthy Miles Garrett. Expect eighteen. Who you do? I mean, who are you doubling? I mean, I mean, 
because then those middle if one of those middle you know one of the middle guys step up you're Sheldon in, Richard Malik Jackson's gonna eat. eat you're in fucking trouble so if they 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 gotta address the linebackers that's something they have to do but other than that yeah man exciting time to be a Browns fan right now um I know I talked to you about it today but yeah it's just it's what Andrew Barry's been able to do GM of the Browns has been remarkable. Yeah, so I uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm excited for my Giants as well. But uh, that signing there, the Jadavion Clowney, that's that's one of those where they're like, oh, they're one piece away from ma- really making a run. And I think he's the fucking like he's the piece, and they're legitimate AFC Championship contenders. I mean, I'm just putting if if they're healthy. I know it's because not like I mean we've said it a ton. Not everybody has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Not everybody can line up Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham as receivers. And then you have their tight end Rashard Higgins as your third option. Like what the Donovan Peoples Jones a sleeper. Yeah, I mean that's a scary fucking lineup right there. I mean, so your defense has to play fucking like head up straight on the whole time. No mistakes or you're in fucking trouble. Defense gives up 17 points. We, we're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, that's facts. Moving on to uh, baseball. Barry, one thing that I love about the Major League Baseball season, and I'm keep, I, I I'm just a freak about these things. I check them every single day, is uh, league leaders. So this is our very way too early um, reactions to league leaders in Major League Baseball right now. And I'm just going to run some by you. I'm going to quiz you, see what you think, and we're going to talk about it. Barry, who is the current – I don't know if you're looking at stats right now. <laughs> but who is the current Major League leader in home runs? Well, that would be Wilson Ramos of the Detroit Tigers. Who just got – who? well, and Ronald Acuna just tied him with two more tonight. Let me give you Ronald Acuna's stat line right here because this is freaky. In 12 games – 46 at-bats. My man has 21 hits. He scored 15 runs. He has six doubles, six homers, 12 RBIs, six walks, three steals, hitting 457. He has over 500 on-base percentage. OPS, 1.531. That is freakishly good. Yeah, he's, he's fucking nasty. Like, I... You know, the Braves, if they had some bad, I'll just say some some pitching down there. Uh, this, I mean, this dude, you'd be talking. Freak Soroka might have something to say about that. I Yeah, but you got to have more than one. I mean, we've seen that. You need one. You need two or three studs. Nationally, you got to go through the Dodgers. And, and that's, that's a problem right now. Yeah. Uh, Another guy who I think is a dark horse MVP candidate right here in the American League, and his name doesn't come up often because of where he plays. I love Byron Buxton. Love, love, love Byron Buxton. Uh, Nine games this year. My man has five home runs. He's hitting 469, and he has an OPS of, get this, 1.62. Now, we're only very, 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 very small sample size. 
this is an excellent, excellent, excellent start to the season for him. These guys are raking right now. Uh, That's that that Twins team. Um, They played that doubleheader. Did they play doubleheader today? uh, Not sure. I've been running around all day. No, that wasn't today. But uh, what's what's Byron Buxton's number, Big Dog? What number is he? Yeah. You know he's rocking the two five. He's five squared, baby. You know, I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there, too. Rocking at bonds. You know? (laughs) But, I mean... Some another thing I kind of laughed at earlier, um, didn't laugh. I thought it was hilarious. Chris Owings has three triples already. Oh, Gavin Lux has two. I believe of those five triples, all but one were in Colorado. As weird as that is. Yeah. So, but I mean, stolen bases, something I always look at. Ramon Laureano of Oakland's got eight already. Not a lot of teams running. Acuna's got three. I, I would love to see teams run more. But, I mean, your OPS leaders right now in the major leagues. Well, you got Buxton, you got Acuna up there up top. Yerman Mercedes. Now, yeah. a player, now, now you, or you don't know if you're familiar with him. He is – now, the, the White Sox are carrying three catchers right now. He is the emergency backup catcher. They brought him in the DH. Dude absolutely raked. In spring training, uh, career minor leaguer. I believe he's played over 600 minor league games. Getting his shot right now with the White Sox. But uh, didn't he start the season? He started the season like eight and eight for eight yeah, or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. So in 10 games, 37 at bats. My man has 19 hits, uh, three homers, 10 RBIs. He's hitting 514. And he went. He went yard against the Indians tonight. I'm not even watching the Indians because Plesak gave up six runs. He only recorded two outs and got yanked. It's it's eight nothing. It's there. It's bad night for the Indians. <laughs> After they played well last night, when Bieber went uh, nine innings, complete game or nine innings of shutout ball, but then it went, goes to extra innings because Indians just scoring runs. Shane Bieber could be the Jacob Degrom of the American League. He's nasty. I, I, like I told you now last night, I was like, I feel so bad for that guy. Like Jesus. That's gonna be a theme throughout the entire season too. Is the Indians and they have, Indians are actually like fourth or fifth in baseball in home runs, but, but they're the, all solo shots. The crazy thing is, is you have to know like, okay, Beavers pitching tonight. If we score three runs, three, if we score three runs, we're good. That's a, that's a win. Like, but you can't give him fucking one. Right. Like, that's, like, I feel bad for that dude, man. Well, it's just tough for the Indians because, I mean, I'll say it. I'm a huge, diehard Cleveland baseball team fan. They're not trying to win. Right. I, I, they run their team like a fucking business. They don't put money in the team. Now, what the Indians or the Cleveland baseball team does do is develop pitching. So, you're looking at... You know, uh, you're looking at uh, Shane Bieber, Zach Plesak, who got shelled tonight, but is a good pitcher. Uh, Aaron Savali, keep remember that name, by the way. That is, he is a phenomenal pitcher. I love Aaron Savali, Tristan McKenzie, uh, Logan Allen. You, I mean, you got some arms. You got some arms, and you got Karen Check and the bullpen and Classe, who we got Classe in the Corey Kluber trade. Corey Kluber gave them, I believe, one inning. 
for the Rangers. He's he's basically washed now. But I mean, we have pitching, young pitching that we've developed in our Ooh. system. Uh, we right now it's top of the ninth. Um, Indians are batting one out. There being no hit. There being no hit right now by uh, Rodon. Oh, Jesus. Why'd you have to tell me that? I, I literally just looked at I mean, he just hit a guy. He just hit Perez. He just hit him hit by pitch. So, uh, yeah, like I just stumbled upon that. And I was like, does that Top say Top of nine, no? one out. Yep. Runner on first, eight nothing game. He's at 103 pitches right now. Pitching to Yu Chang. This is this is live audio of us right now. Right. Basically watching my Could beloved be. Cleveland baseball team possibly. You know what's funny is I was thinking the other day, maybe even today, about the Indians. If they've been no, I know they've been no hit in my life. I believe twice. I think one time was by Andy Hawkins of the Yankees in the 1990 season. And he lost the game <laughs> with walks and errors and you know things right. like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's <laughs> two strikes here. Oh, they just gave him six inches off the plate on the inside corner. Strikeout. 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 Yu Chang. You got two outs right now. It's on MLB TV right now. You can probably pull it up on your app. Well, I. It's too. It's too late right now, but. We're we're broadcasting history here a day before Eric's birthday. My favorite baseball team is about to get no hit. <laughs> God damn it. What a birthday gift. So who we have up right now, Rodon's pitching. This is uh Jordan Luplau. He's not great. Uh you got 0-1 right now, Rodon at 107 pitches. Uh everyone in Chicago is standing up right now. He is 0-3 today with a 2.27 batting average. Not spectacular. Yeah. Not spectacular. This could be a slapstick shot, though, that breaks it up. And this is all for naught. This this is the Indians in a, in, a, in a nutshell right here. Cannot hit the ball. And... I mean, Rodon's sitting here uh, eight and two-thirds right now, seven strikeouts. Well, you got one and two now. Jordan Lopelow fouls one straight back. Uh, Rodon now at 109 pitches. Uh, You got everybody in Chicago standing up, holding up their cell phones. Is Pete there? Pete may be there. What a ticket to buy, too. Uh, Steve from PPW may be there. Big White Sox fan. Wando, big White Sox fan. Probably not there, though. Lives on the West Coast. Right. Uh, fastball up and away, 2-2. Rodon now at 110 pitches. So 111 is perfect. 1-1-1 one, one, one across the board. I don't know about that. I I just, you know, it's, it's awful that they could end up getting no hit here. <sighs> if it's a high pop fly. It'll only be right for today's softball game. Uh, Luffla fouled one back. Still at 2-2. One, Rodon at your perfect 111 pitches. Right. Missed it. I hope I'm not going against him in fantasy. 
that would we'll be see. Now it's now we're getting somewhere. This is the disappointing part. How's Jeff with one F doing? Terrible. I beat him last week. That's right. Kicked uh, his full, fucking ass. Ball high. Uh, full count. Rode on at 112 pitches. You got Perez at first. Two outs. Top of nine. And he goes to the brim of the hat. Get a little pine tar going. <laughs> wow. The, the crazy thing is that hit by pitch ended a perfect game. Because he's got no walks. Oh, wow. Any errors? No. No error. That was a perfect game until he hit Perez. Uh, left low foul ball. Again, count remains full. Verdana, 113 pitches. White Sox lead 8 nothing. Gloves Perez on, Perez on first. Roberto Perez at first. Everybody holding up their cell phones, not watching the game. <laughs> Rodon, Rodon comes into the set. Likes it. Comes set. Here comes the pitch. Oh, he ground ball to third. No hitter. That's ball game. Ball game. Cleveland baseball team gets no hit. I'm glad we stumbled upon this tonight. Wah, wah, wah. Chris Rodon, history. But a fucking... Uh, is it Chris bean. Rodon? I don't know what the fuck it is. C Rodon. I believe it's Hector. Carlos no, Rodon. Yeah, Carlos Rodon. Say, it's C. It's Carlos Rodon. 20th no-hitter in White Sox history. Remember Wilson Alvarez got one in his first ever start in the early 90s. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's good for him. Uh, yeah, his uh, season stats, he's 1-0, nine strikeouts, a 1.00 whip. My God. What a fucking trash offense. Man, so this, so he pitched nine tonight. So uh, actually, those aren't his real stats. Uh, his up-to-date stats are he is... He's pitched 14 innings, only giving up two hits, and has, uh, what was that? How many strikeouts do you have tonight? Seven? You said seven. So, 16 strikeouts and 14 innings, uh, only two hits, and I don't think any walks. You know, it's a perfect storm for a pitcher, too, with uh, with them scoring, what, six, seven runs in the first inning? Yeah, so you're relaxed. And the Indians, I mean, basically the game is pretty much decided. After, you know, the bottom of the first. So, basically, you just settle in. The Indians have no life. Everybody just wants to get the fuck out of there. Uh, good for him, man. You know, it's, it's it's embarrassing to get no hit, but good for him. I'm sure Twitter's. Yeah, and thank you, Roberto Perez's foot, for us not having a perfect game. <laughs> you, you honestly sounded like... Uh... Fuck uh, Bob Euchre right there. Thanks for <laughs> fucking hitting his foot. Fucking perfect game. Just <laughs> It is what it is, man. I mean, it's one of the deals like I was listening in the car on the way home from softball and, and heard police act just went out there with a book of matches and a, and a gas can and just blew up. So I was like, well, not watching the Indians tonight. <laughs> but you got to see the last uh, two I honestly outs. didn't know it. I honestly didn't know it until you... Oh, there was a close play at first. 
Oh, no. Okay, so this is going to be a disputed no-hitter. Did they go to the replay on this? It was a ball that Naylor hit to Jose Abreu, slow roller. Everybody dove to the bag. I believe Abreu got there first. By a fucking pubic hair. Okay. But it looks to me like Abreu got there you first. Can't, you can't take it from him is what you're saying. You can't take it from him. No, I believe that you might hear some talk about this play. The play at first. It looks to me like Abreu got there first. I just watched four different angles. On the MLB Network live. Who, this is who, live, by the way. Who, We're podcast. Right. This is live. Like, yeah, you're seeing live reactions. Who was the pitcher that they they took the no hitter for? Like the perfect game from, I believe. Oh, that was um, shit. That was a White Sox. That's player, what. Buddy. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was a, a Tigers player against that, the Indians. Gallardo. Gallardo. I believe Joe West. Colorado, his name was the was the name of the pitcher. Absolutely, yeah. I believe Joe West was the umpire at first base, and fucking cost the cost the kid a perfect game. Blew the fucking call. Blew the call. Yeah. Now replay. You know, then the kid's got perfect game. You know, and that sucks. But which would be a weird way to get a perfect game, by the way, on replay. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was, uh, you know, I mean, it's so blatantly fucking obvious. But just stuff like that. I mean, uh, we're we're accustomed to seeing things like this. I mean, hell, we grew up. Nolan Ryan was throwing shit like every fucking Seven, couple weeks. Eight. So yeah, I mean, Seven. every fucking weekend he was like, yeah, double he, digit one, double digit one hitters too for Nolan Ryan, and beating up Robin Ventura in his pastime in his forties. Oh, man. That was an exciting night, Barry. That's pretty much... I kind of want to get to drink and enjoy my birthday, though. Hey, it was a, a glorious night. Uh, thank you for sharing it with me. Uh, happy birthday. Happy 41st birthday. Um, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, absolutely. We've had a, a tremendous run here. I can't wait to have an even longer run. You know, my birthday is next month, so you just say something nice to me next month. Or bad, I don't care. I'll work in there. But, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, you know, tomorrow, get on fucking Twitter, text, whatever. Go to favorite.com. Check out our past episodes, all that good stuff. Tell Eric fucking happy birthday. And uh, he won't be offended by cash. He'll, no, give his, he'll drop his cash app name. Drop so, all that stuff. Absolutely. So happy one of those guys birthday. has a cash app in my bio. <laughs> so happy birthday. Follow me on Twitter at BFrost28. Eric dropped their credentials, sir. Follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740. But of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. Go to our website, doingthefavor.com. Links to our past podcasts, links to our merch. I'm just watching replays of this no hitter right now. This is fucking disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah. All our links to our merch, buy, sell, trade, figures, cards, articles, all that good stuff over at doingthefavor.com. Thank you guys all so much to support us, listen to us. We're excited to uh, do this again next week. Absolutely. And with that, good night and God bless. Yeah. Peace. It goes one, two. 
three into the four. Erica Berry, you're up with DTF, and that's for sure. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Berry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live Shit, we'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah, doing the favor Doing the favor. Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, doing the favor.